this show is going to be really fun for you guys. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to mess everything up. I just I'm one of those people that just has to push buttons to see what they do. <laughs> you just ruin it. Is what you're yeah. doing. No, I'm in Multnomah County. My house is on the oh. north side of the road, so I'm in Portland technically. Oh, you're on the wrong literally... side of the tracks, man. Man, I so I've I played the saxophone for a couple years. Another uh, saxophone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, there we go. Chris derailed me. He always does this. I've talked to him like three times ever. That's it. Is this like the first time, <laughs> first, first time I've seen your face? What are you talking about? I'll always derail you. All right. All right. We could do this forever. Oh, but if we're going to do it. He shows up late and there he is. He is. All I right. Know. All right. But you, all right. I, by the way, before yes. we get started, not to interrupt again. But How dare you? I gotta say, your intro is freaking fire. I love your intro. Oh, oh, like oh, oh, music oh, and everything. I love it, dude. Oh, see, you and Ro both. You, you guys must do your research, man. You and Ro, both of you guys, when I when you come in, like Ro on Spaces last week, just come in and you just you just know how to get to my heart. You just know how to kind of <laughs> uh, how, how to butter me up. Oh man. Now I'm married. All of a sudden, I'm getting all this spam for Russian mail order brides. <laughs> It's really because I was sitting here making faces at him. They're like, I mean, yeah. really, it, the, the, it was anything, more about you drinking your whiskey out of a wine glass. It's really <laughs> you like that? Hey, it's, my only, it's my only drinking receptacle here because I started off with wine. It's really good wine. We already mentioned The Rock, and he's got a tequila that Chris and I both love. Go, like, let's get Terramana on here. They'd sponsor oh, the, the pod. Ter- oh, this one? Tequila this, oh, you can't see phenomenal. it, but here it is right here. Oh, you have Terramana? So yeah, oh, so either, Three for three, bro. You know, Terramana Tequila look, sponsoring the you show. You know guys. what? You say that there's no advertisement or no no ads during your show, but my God, man, you have plugged the Discord so many <laughs> times, and I love it. <laughs> Nasir was drafted to be their Draymond type, and I've seen flashes of it in him as well. I think what's interesting... I, I, no, if you'd shut your damn mouth, <laughs> put some whiskey in it, and let me finish. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was waiting for him to blow up. I've been doing it this whole show. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in here with you from Hood River. My name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, the Mr. Professional, Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. How are we doing? I feel like I went for the real Bruce Buffer there. I, 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 Stepping it up, just it's you've got that energy. You gotta take, you gotta take, you gotta take a deeper breath and hold some of those words just a little bit longer. Christopher, Joseph, Burkhardt, oh, fighting out of the left corner. He's high on weed all the time. He can't get his microphone to work half the time, but he's the champion of the Podland Trailcast Podcast. Keith Smith. Oh, oh, we're not only here with myself, Mr. Burkhart. We have an extra special guest today from the Busted Bucket Pod. Wait, Tim, what's your last name? Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> from the Busted Come Bucket on, Pod. Keith. Come on, Keith. <laughs> 
He had me on as a guest last week. We've been trying to get him on for weeks and he managed to beat me to it because he just has a little more organized than we do over here. Tim, what's your middle name? Damn, man, Michael. Michael <laughs> Johnson. Wait, wait, can I can I have a nickname? Do you want my birthday too? Yeah, I was gonna say, hey Tim, what's your social? <laughs> throw that, we throw that on the pod real quick. Uh, I need to know the city your mom. Was mother's maiden name. Yeah, mother's maiden name. You can you can put those all on the podcast real quick. But yeah, we, we've had some hate mail from people saying that we spend too much time in the front end of the episode. They say, oh, I listened 10 minutes into the episode and I didn't hear anything Blazers yet. It's like, yeah, you haven't listened to many episodes yet, have you? Because that's actually, I feel like if we don't, if we get into Blazers 10 minutes in, we're doing pretty well. I, that's, that's, that's pretty focused for, sure. for how we normally go on this pod. I, I feel like 15, 20 man, minutes. And I, just and be I true to, to you a guys, lot man. of podcasts that just shoot right? the shit until they it's, get into where they're going. That's it's not just, abnormal. I haven't talked to this guy for a while. I just want to have some yeah. fun, break the ice. I, can't, I, love, I love talking Blazers, but talking shop's boring. You want to hear you want to hear stories about messing up uh, messing up your home address and you know showing off your air monarchs and getting into fights at the laundromat. That's what people want to tune in. Get into the fights at the laundromat. Deep pull. Community pole. and build a bond. Anybody can talk shop, but this is how we get to know each other. I mean, you didn't even know your guest full name until you had him on and had to ask him live. I mean, we right. build bonds here in these first. It is a little minutes. embarrassing because because Tim, I feel like we're old friends at this point, man. We've been hanging. We've been talking for a while. You're I mean, on our Discord with us. Shout out to yeah. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was doing that on my show too. I'm just no, interrupt hey, you, dude. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to deal with it. He deals with me, bro. He deals with me. <laughs> I deal with you, man. I, everyone's being so humble today. I feel like if anything, you you both are dealing. With, you're both in my world. You're both dealing with me here today. Hey, we're, <laughs> off, we're off the rails. We we better get back to Blazer Talk. <laughs> okay, okay. We're still under ten minutes though. We're doing well. We're we're ahead of our average. So let's let's jump into this. We had something come up this last week, Chris. You had a great Twitter thread. You asked, kind of relating to kind of some of the things we were talking about last week with the 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 dangerous territory that Jody Allen has put us in. See what I did there? Uh, what Jody yeah. Allen has done to the Blazers franchise and how nervous she's made all the Blazers fans, uh, all the Blazers fans, excuse me. You got that bread on the mind. <laughs> Delicious bread. <laughs> My bread is so much better than Franz. How dare you? Jody made all the Blazers fans nervous with the Russell Wilson trade. Chris then brought up on the pod, we were talking about how it kind of affects Dame's future here, if it makes me more worried. And if nothing else, you know, it, it's maybe made a little uneasy. But Chris, I think you were trying to maybe clear some of the air with the Blazers fans by saying, hey, let's talk about other people that we've gotten attached to. Who has been here for a short time? Who was a Blazer for only a short run and really got into your heart, really has a space for you? We're talking about yep. Wesley Matthews. Uh, Tim, you brought up who was the... Can I just say I slayed that question <laughs> right out of the gates? Go ahead. <laughs> drop it here. B-Roy. Come on, man. Next question. Don't forget the next question part, bro. Yeah, you just shut question. that down. B-Roy. <laughs> B-Roy. Thank you. Next question. B-Roy doesn't count to me, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Dive in he on was this. only here for a short period of no, time. He no, played for more it's, than it, just it, the Blazers. It's, it's, your, it's your technicality, so I get. But the thing is, if, if the knees didn't give out, he would. He was Dame before Dame. Like it's. He was. It's, I'm just saying he was still right. here for a short no, no, period no, no, of time. No, 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 no. He still played for another team. You are technically Chris. correct, which is the D best don't type that of correct. <laughs> Look, no, it was just my opportunity to drop okay. Futurama quotes. Professional, professional criticism here, Chris. Are you ready for it? Nope. Next time, be more specific. Oh, zing! <laughs> Burn. <laughs> 
no 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 brandon roy brandon roy is absolutely acceptable i just the thing is for me for i just put him in a completely different category i put he's, was in, it, the, he's in the upper echelon to me but he totally fills you're, you're the, right fills the role um were, were you the one who said patty mills that was my initial pick. That was my next. That was the next guy I was gonna say. I love yeah. Patty Mills. He was a guy who was here for such a short period of time. I mean, he played you know ninety percent of his career with the Spurs before going on to to Brooklyn. But like, he's just very revered here. Like, people love the guy, and the the people who work at at Moda, the coaches that were here, teammates. Like, if you when he comes down, he's saying hi to everyone, shaking hands with everyone. It's kind of like uh, Mason Plum, Plumley in Brooklyn. That's how it was when he returned there. But yeah, Patty Mills was the first one that that popped to mind. And um, like I said, I was actually surprised I didn't see a lot of Rudy Fernandez in there. I, I thought that he was, was my there. third. But it was, but the one that was kind of the obvious leader of the clubhouse in my responses was was Ed Davis. I mean, Ed Davis yeah. was popping up like yeah. crazy. Um, a lot of love for Evan Turner, which I actually like to see because me and B Mac got into this debate a while back on the Discord because he's one of the people that doesn't appreciate Evan Turner. And <laughs> I, I, why people got mad because Evan Turner made more money than he should have? That's not Evan Turner's problem. That's the NBA's problem for paying him. The guy had a role and filled it so. But the dude had a role in this team, and he filled it so well. Played good defense, ran the second unit. It's st- sorry that he, he was can't right. shoot a three. He but was he all was right. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they asked him to do more. They asked him to fill a different role, and he couldn't do that role. That was the problem. It wasn't that he wasn't good at what he did. It's just that they wanted him to shoot threes. He wasn't a three-point. He wasn't someone that's going to spread the floor. It's not his game. Oh, shocking. Yeah. Shocking. There was a there was a tenure in Blazers' time where uh, the general manager liked to <laughs> squeeze a lemon and make orange juice. That was never going to happen. I'm just so glad we're past um, that time. As far as this goes, I just want to throw in here real quick too. My my vote, my initial drop in for this was Wesley Matthews. I love the dude. He still he felt yep. like someone who always should have been a Blazer for you know. Like, I I still see him as a Blazer. If it weren't for that Achilles, dude, yeah, 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 things could have been different. But you mentioned the big one that I want to get to here, Evan Turner. So when he was brought up, I, I think someone actually originally posted just the Evan Turner pick, the image of of. E.T. giving the bird. <laughs> right, I can the, the bird <laughs> as he's walking away. Um, classic uh, just shot of a, of a Blazers legend. But someone posted that. We got into a conversation about, you know, Evan Turner and kind of everyone, again, just giving praise to all these former Blazers. And then E.T. jumps in. Uh, Chris, I think it was uh, you that said this really needs to be one, uh, referring to the picture, this really needs to be one of those pictures of classic moments in Trailblazers history that hangs in the hallway leading <laughs> to the locker room. And then in comes Evan Turner. Portland is liberal enough for it. Let's make it happen. So apparently great. E.T. follows the show. Apparently he's listening to all of our episodes. So shout out to uh, Evan Turner. Blazers <laughs> Legend. Really appreciate you, man. Uh, anytime you want to come on, chat with us. We're here for it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, but at the very least, he's he's out there following our on <laughs> following our tweet threads. Because uh, that, was, that was awesome. No, 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 no. He's following my <laughs> tweet. <laughs> but listen, even after E.T. said, yeah, Portland is good for it. Let's make this happen. Uh, referring to like let's get that print up there in the blazers uh office or hallway somewhere evan m friend of the show shout out to evan mccarthy down in new orleans he sent in a jersey mock-up with uh with et giving the middle finger uh and the nice blazer (laughs) sash through the middle uh and i think even uh, again another one of our discord friends seth morgan sheriff he found a billboard around portland that i think currently has a ben and jerry's ad on it he says hey we could get this one we could put et's middle finger right up across this whole billboard right downtown and to be honest bro i i feel like et would probably support that i think we could make this happen i'm for it i'm for it um 
I will also say a big shout out to Evan M. Hey! I think Evan M needs to partner with E.T. Yes. And make a print. Have E.T. sign a couple. Yes. And I will I will buy one on for from the, the Busted Bucket show, we'll buy one and give that away to a listener if that happens. So you gotta can, do you it. talk about you talk about Evan M partnerships the fact that sheriff posted a ben and jerry's billboard made me think as my as my uh, notifications were just flooding with names is like it just flows out the tongue but ed and evans would make a sweet Ooh. ice cream shop in portland with ed davis yeah and then they could partner with the band evanescence since ed and evans <laughs> oh, sounds like that, that off the top <laughs> outperform salt and straw baby Oof, it could it. happen it could happen oh that's gonna that's a tall order man Except salt and, salt and straw, straw salt and straw has that Dwayne the Rock Johnson backing, so everybody, every other ice cream shop. So suddenly, I'm I'm curious though, if we're talking about Ed Davis and Evan uh, Turner making an ice cream shop here in Portland, what other foreign blazers would there be that could put a business together? I feel like there's a future topic because I can't do this off the top of my head well enough. But there's 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 some there's some room there. There's some potential. I feel like maybe we get this one in Raymond Felton's Donut Shop. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's easy. Easy, easy. That's easy. <laughs> easy pickings. But listeners, hey! let us know what you think. What other former Blazers could run a Portland-based business? What what do you want to see it, besides the Ed Davis Evan Turner Ice Cream Shop, which is fire? I love that idea so much already. The logic, a, a lot, another logical one because it's. It's such it's such a, a, a perfect gift for any occasion is cj mccollum needs to come back one day and open up a smoothie shop in portland i could see it it's the perfect city to have a healthy smoothie oh, shop yeah. and like the logo can just be him sipping on that one smoothie with the side eye i <laughs> love it my only issue is this you're not gonna be selling smoothies in the middle i do this is <laughs> I, this is what i do <laughs> just just for you chris not a lot of people are gonna be drinking smoothies in the dead of winter Bro, uh, that line of Jamba juice gets busy. Come even on, in man. Winter, you know Jamba. You. you know Jamba makes up like ninety percent of their business in the three months. We okay, have but but here's how you make it work. Here's how you make it work. If CJ's smoothies had an option to include some of the McCollum Vineyard, get some wine in there. You could probably throw <laughs> wine in the smoothie somehow. I'd drink it. That's all I'm saying. I would buy that in the winter. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it would I keep wouldn't me drink warm. it. I mean, I would probably support it. Can I get that grape smoothie? But, uh, put the peanut. <laughs> the in grape, there the real grape. <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay. That reserve but in as, there. as we're going down here, and I'm just spitballing, throwing things out there for Tim to <laughs> hate on. <laughs> Think about this though. Like as we, like, as we talk about logical, as we talk about logical. Uh, avenues for people to go so so okay you got michael james who's done the killer burger thing and now has his franchises but that's cool or whatever but it'd be cooler if he's you had your own it. thing with your own name and this and that so say you're going back to ed and evans right say ed davis and evan turner did open the ice cream shop how dope would it be to not only open the ice cream shop but have it as a, an available kiosk in Moda. There you go. So when you go to games, you can go to Evan, Evan, Ed and Evans. Ed or if CJ had a smoothie shop, <laughs> you can get a CJ McCollum smoothie from the... Like, that is, like, Dude, such smart branding. That'd be dope. That would be so amazing. cool. Like, I, I can't wait to spend $20 on a single scoop of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, I'm easily spending $20 on a wine smoothie from, from the McCollum Vineyards. I could see that happening. Oh, for sure. I totally would. Uh... I love it, Chris. I'm giving you a hard time, but I love it. So, <laughs> I'm about to leave the chat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before Chris heads out, let's move on to the next topic here. I want to bring this up because I have taken some heat 
on here on the pod from Chris, on social media, on our Discord. It's not all been heat because some people have agreed with me. I've had some supporters for the for the nickname campaign. Penny Simon, Rolling Strong. And again, let's be clear about this. For all you haters, you can call him whatever you want. I'm not going to hold it against you too much if you want to call him Ant. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, I'm just saying it just Penny just fits better. And if if you can call him Ant, I can call him Penny. We can all get along. All right, everyone, we're all fans. We all still love each other. Just just chill with the hate a little bit. But point being here, the bigger picture, the Blazers posted a poll looking for uh, which nicknames were the most popular. It was Logo Lillard, Ant for Anthony Simons, Bosnian Beast for Nurkic, and Bouncing Brown for Greg Brown. First of all, like I said, they used the wrong nickname for Simon. So, uh, you know, it's, you know it, it was thrown off right from the beginning. But just to really reinforce that, I think Ant only got 12.7% of the total vote from the Blazers account when they put this poll up there. That was third place, not even, not even second, not even, you know, one of the first two options for the team. Uh, obviously, Logo Lillard, Bosnian Beast, very popular. Uh, so only when Ant was beaten out was Bouncing Brown. And honestly, I'd probably vote for Bouncing Brown anyway, but you guys know that. The, night, the, the real part of this is that Josh Hart got jealous. Josh Hart saw this poll, asked him about nicknames for Dame, Penny, Nurk, and Greg Brown. And he goes, oh, it must be nice to have a nickname. So the Blazers then retweeted that, asking, hey, who's got nicknames? Who's got nicknames for Josh Hart? And it's like, haven't we already been discussing this? I, I feel like we've been having for weeks the conversation about Heartless, Heartbreaker, Josh Hart Attack, Heart Throb, I think I even saw someone throw out there. Repurposing Hitman. Oh, the, the Josh the Hitman Heart. Yes. Can't, oh my God. Can't go wrong with that one at all. Uh, nothing, nothing but Hartnet, I think, was even being thrown around. Someone was trying to make a Josh Hartnet comparison, which, again, <laughs> if anyone's going to hate on my Penny Simons nickname, that one does you not qualify. Be that out there. <laughs> you, you can't. Like, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm not taking any more <laughs> for Penny Simons when someone's trying to throw out. Nothing but Hartnet for Josh Hart. Come on, uh, like that, that's just not that's not the same level. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take his own quotes, and that's gonna be his nickname. So I'm just gonna start referring <laughs> to him as uh, Option Two Point Five. <laughs> Ooh. So it's like, I oh man, it. Option Two Point Five with another thirty point performance. I love that quote, man. What, what did see, he say about uh, like I don't see myself as the first option, even the second option, and that whole thing. I love that, man. That's what you want to hear from a player. I'm not a number one scoring option. I'm not quite number two. I say I can be a number. Uh, I can be a two and a half. I know my role. I know my niche in the league. So yeah, Josh, two point five heart. Two point five heart. No. no, just option two point five. If I can throw one in there, what you got? I like the defibrillator. Yes. See, there we go. Thank you. I I dig it, man. <laughs> Josh, the defibrillator heart. Then you got Penny and the defibrillator. Penny and the defib... Make that plural. Penny and the defib... defib I can't even say the word right now. See, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Nobody can say it. Never mind. It's a, it's a bad it's, nickname. It's, a hard, it's hard to have a nickname with, what, five syllables or whatever that is? This isn't, this isn't Wordle. This isn't, this isn't yeah. Hurdle here. Uh, we're not doing NBA. <laughs> All right, how many... Are you, guys, are you guys stuck on that Wordle? What, today is Wordle? No, no, I'm just saying in general. Like, are you oh, guys dude. like addicted to it? Like, everyone. I love me some Wordle, man. I haven't got into Purtle yet. I have not got into Hurdle, the uh, the the audio clips version. But I'm, I'm enjoying There's my five too many hurdles. I have yet to lose, by the way. Oh, look at you! I think I yeah. love flex yeah. on it. I think I'm. I know. I only played it five times, but I've yet to lose. Today was my best day, man. I think today was my <laughs> first time that I got it in two guesses. Only two. Yeah, Ooh. felt smart. Check out the big brain on yeah. key. <laughs> I'm, you know, again, thank you, sir, because you've supported the Penny Simons campaign somewhat, maybe at least. Sure, I support it. I support it. Because 
This is not going away. And and all these haters that are wanna get out there and, and make fun of it or say that, oh, how dare you? You're not allowed to call them that. You're only making me stronger. Your hate only makes this this grow stronger. It's 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 not going anywhere at this point. <laughs> say it with your chest, Kiki. <laughs> You know, in the world of sports, Kiki is a dope name. I, I mean, this, it's not—it's pretty original. There's not a lot of them uh, out there. Keith is Keith is Jim Carrey out here trying to convince the world that that <laughs> royal blue pen is red. Just... <laughs> Chris, I have—I have, I have to say—I appreciate your pop culture references. <laughs> thank, thank you. I do. Like it warms my heart. This whiskey does too. But really, you, you warm my heart, Chris. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I just use my pop culture references to continue to to prove to the world and myself that I'm out of touch and they don't go past about 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, hey listeners, come and join our Discord. If 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 you if you haven't had enough Simpsons gifts, uh uh the office gifts, what else have we been throwing around a lot? I I feel like I get a lot of a uh, we had some Voltron, a lot of some some old school Power Rangers on Mortal Kombat with the C as we've talked about before. By the way, I, <laughs> he doesn't even want me to bring this up anymore. <laughs> but uh, if, you you're not, if you're not full on all of your 90s pop culture references, come and join the Discord. We will have you covered. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, we, we got you covered on there. Link is in the episode description. It's, it's, it's just not enough fun without you, dear listener. So please, come and join us over on Discord. Next topic I have up here as we fly through this turbo episode. <laughs> there's been discussion we're about a month in now after the trade deadline and there's been some dialogue about josh hart and cj mccollum comping these two trying to see which team the pelicans of the blazers really won this trade obviously right now when josh hart just dropped some he's dropped some amazing numbers a couple games in a row but he had his i think career high 44.9 the other night uh where are you guys at if if you are evaluating these two players and they're fit. Where they're on their team. Who do you think is going to have more of an impact next season? Who's going to help take their team further between Josh Hart, CJ? Who do you think came out ahead on, on the trade is the real question. But mostly I just care about how much better it's going to make the Blazers. Where are you at, Tim? I mean, if we're going to be honest, uh, CJ has is going to make the, the biggest difference. I think back on our, shot, our, our show, uh, the Bless the Bucket podcast, we've been saying for a while that one of the best things that could have happened for the Blazers and especially for CJ is to get traded to another team. And I don't think another team would have been a better fit for CJ just with the cast of players he has around him. And I mean, we're seeing it. CJ is, he's, he's doing what sharks do over there in New Orleans, you know, like he's just, he's killing it. And as far as how Josh Hart uh, improves the Blazers, like I, Look, it's it's hard to say exactly how he's going to improve the Blazers, but it's apparent that he's going to be a nice piece for whatever this roster is going to look like next season. Because if we're being honest with each other, like we have no idea what this roster is going to look like. Like we know the core group of players, but all signs are pointing to the fact that they're going to bring somebody in. Somebody's coming in. Like they, I'd be I'd be really surprised if they actually kept those picks. Um, I'm with you on that. Hundred yeah. percent. So to to answer your question, I CJ will have more of an opportunity to, but I think Josh Hart, defibrillator Hart, is going to <laughs> um, fill a void that the Blazers have been lacking for a while. I mean that that's a, that's a factor too because 
Yeah, CJ's going down. He's got an obvious... He's got a larger role with the Pelicans than Hart, than Josh the Defibrillator Hart does up here with the Blazers. I got that one out that time. See, it works. <laughs> it works. You got uh, it. <laughs> but yeah, just what you said there at the end, the, the gap that Josh Hart is filling is just a gap the Blazers have had for a while. And we've kind of, again, over the last number of years, we've had this conversation plenty of times that have the Blazers reached their ceiling with the way the team was set up as it is. So yeah, who knows? Like, he may not have as big of an individual role, but he could make a bigger difference. I'm I'm curious about it. What do you think, Chris? Oh, I get what you're trying to get at, but I just I don't think there needs to be a winner here. It's too hard to compare how one of those teams wins the deal because those two players are going to be playing drastically different roles for those two teams. If Josh Hart was here to be a star uh, and then you can compare him to CJ, maybe. But the thing is, CJ, uh, back to what you know Tim was saying, is that a big factor in his success in New Orleans is the fact that he's seeing more minutes at point guard than he's ever seen. And I've argued a long time here in Portland that I think he's better at that position. I also love the fact that he it was argued forever that he's just a black hole of a player and he doesn't like to pass the ball except the fact that he's been playing more point guard in New Orleans. His assist numbers are incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, he's having a huge impact. So when you talk about that, then yeah, I think it's him. But uh, again, what you said, I can only you know restate it again, is the fact that Josh Hart is going to fill a role that, that Portland needs, the ability to play multiple position, positions, to play both sides of the floor. A guy who has already you know told you, as we alluded to earlier, that he does not mind being option 2.5 or 3 or whatever. He just wants to go fill his role and do it. And that's the type of player that if he's on the team next year and the year after that and then he moves on he's an ed davis type like we talked about earlier he's a he's the type of player that portland fan just loves now i do want to go back to reevaluating the trade though because key we had evan on we had a great talk about it shout out to evan M. but man i want to tell you the amount of times i got roasted for telling everybody that it was a great trade because a, Portland got exactly what I thought CJ McCollum's open market value was at the time. And I actually think they got one of the best deals available for him because Josh Hart is really freaking good. He's an underrated basketball player that people outside of Los Angeles, who, you know, when he was playing with the Lakers and outside of New Orleans, when he's playing with the Pelicans, don't watch enough to know that he is a good basketball player. Oh, Chris, blah, blah, blah. You lost CJ. They didn't get enough back. He's probably not even going to be here next year. Bull. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I, it's just, it sucks. The burden that is being me, <laughs> being right all the damn time. It sucks. Chris, now, I have to ask you because I have to be honest. I, I feel like I, I've been saying that a lot on this show, but I'm a really honest guy. Honest um, Tim Michael Johnson over here. I, I like it. It's the first right. step. Admit, admitting you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, Chris. Uh, I haven't. I, I don't watch a lot of Lakers games, and I haven't watched a lot of Pelicans games ever. But my question to you is: Was Josh Hart even given the opportunity to succeed like he's been given? this season with the Blazers? The thing is with Josh Hart is he's playing a role right now that he hasn't had with either the Lakers or the Pelicans. And that's just the, the, the minutes, right? He's always mm -hmm. been a role player guy. Um, 
in LA, there was you know, a lot of upside when he got there as a rookie and a lot of talk about him, but again, never given the, the full on, here's the keys, go play your 40 minutes a night. Same thing in New Orleans, like he was more of that, he was a piece. He, obviously it was a Brandon Ingram thing and you know, when's Zion gonna get back? So no one's even talking about Josh Hart. Um, and then you have the young pieces, right? Jackson Hayes playing well, you have Herb Jones playing well. It's like, he wasn't a focal point as he is mm -hmm. right now. But the thing I liked about him watching games is the fact that from day one, you could tell that the guy just wanted to help the team. He wanted to play a role and play it well. And he did not care about opportunity, but when he was on the court, he was going to play well. And I never felt like I've watched a, a, a Josh Hart game where I was disappointed with what I saw him him do on the court. And th and that's why I liked him and I loved that when they did when they had the trade. So to answer okay. your question, no, he hasn't had the opportunity that he's had here. But I also think it's great that he's showing that, but he's also saying, hey, I want to be a piece. I don't want to be the piece. I want to be a piece of this larger puzzle, which is exactly what Portland needs. It's exactly what Portland needs. He's going to fill that role and he's going to fill it very well. So I, so I bring that up because a lot of times we, we see in the NBA that some of these guys just need a chance, right? And Josh Hart has been given the chance to showcase his abilities, and now we see what he can do. The next question becomes, and this is a heated debate over on our, our side of the podcast world. Next season, you have a healthy Nas, you have a healthy Ant. Excuse me, Penny. Hey, there we go saved yourself bro where does josh fit in does he slide to the three and start over nas or do or do they use josh to play alongside dame and let anthony come in and run the second unit what do you guys think well i think if you're going to give if you're going to give anthony you can't tell me i'm wrong <laughs> If you're gonna call, if you're gonna give Anthony the money he's gonna command on the open market, you're not paying him that money to be a bench guy. Like, right? There's absolutely. already rumors that, you know, teams like Detroit are gonna have the money, and he would pair very, very well next to Cade Cunningham, right? And they're gonna have the ability to go give him max money. Uh, he might not be as much of a fit with Orlando, but I think there's also that big draw with any player to be able to play at home, Your hometown, especially yeah. when you're from Orlando and you got drafted and play for the team that is geographically further from home than any other <laughs> team in the NBA. Yeah, right. Like there's that draw. He's not as much, he's not as good of a fit for Orlando as he is for, for Detroit though. But there, there, there mm -hmm. are teams out there that could throw in theory, max type money at Ant, which in, in this coming season will be estimated to be about $35 million for Ant. So if CJ Portland money, crazy, crazily matches a $35 million deal, which I think would be stupid. It'd be insane. Um, yeah, he's, he's your bench guy. Or he's not your bench guy. He's your starter. And then at that point, then you get right back into your debate. Like, yeah, is it is it Nas? Is it Josh? And I think in this situation, I think you have to go with Nas because... Um, I've argued that I do like Nas as the small ball four, but in general, he is, he is a three, and that's kind of where you primar primarily want to put him. As were with Josh Hart, 
He's a guy who can play the two, the three, and the four. You could go into a super small lineup, play him at the five, and be fine with it. Like the, his versatility makes him a guy that I can pull off the bench and pull, put anywhere I need to put and really tinker with my lineup. So I, I think that's the best spot for him. And if he's your sixth man type guy, you're in a very good situation. I think you're right, Chris. And also, you're our next guest on our show because I need somebody to <laughs> combat my the other hosts on my points. So thank you. I'm with you. <laughs> just just be ready too, though, because uh, Chris, they, they just had me on a minute ago, and uh, they they've got some set questions that they ask for the beginning of, for for their for their pods. <laughs> hey, and hey, I, don't be giving I, away hey, our yeah. dirty I'm secrets. Not, I'm not spoiling anything. Look, I, that's the thing. I almost wanted to. Just because you're here with us tonight, Tim, I almost wanted to ask Chris. I'm like, I, I was like ready to kind of drop these just to see what he said. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't want to take away their, <laughs> don't want to take their bit. Uh, <laughs> Boxer briefs is the answer. Josh Hart making about 12 million, 12 to 13 million the next that's perfect. three years, I think. That's yeah, perfect so for a that, rotation player. And a guy who's, I mean, saying. the thing yeah. is at the end of the day too, like he's not, He's like he's going to be whether you're starting him or playing him off the bench, like he's going to be pivotal enough that he's still going to be getting 24, 25, 26 minutes a night with right. ease. Because again, the ability to say, okay, maybe I pull Nos off first, or say whoever your starting power forward is, because I think that's where the trades happen. That's what you're gonna bring in. So you move things around. You could still allow yourself, I could start Nos and then I can move him over to the four to let him be my small ball four. Why bring Hart in off the bench to play it play the three and move other you remember it's sounds like joe cronin wants him so you still have joe ingles well joe ingles ain't playing shooting guard like so he's gonna play some four and he's gonna play some three and if to get him on the floor maybe i move josh to the two there's just a super super versatility with him that you haven't had with other players like you go out and like you had kent Bazemore, who personally i like it just it didn't work in portland and it really hasn't worked anywhere he's gone since i just i just liked kent Bazemore as, as a guy he's a great dude but the thing was you're not going to be able to put him at the two the three and the four and expect him to fill those positions you weren't going to be able to do that with anthony tolliver you weren't doing that with mario hazonia like but you can do that with josh hart and so yeah it's and if anyone's argue, arguing oh no he has to be the starter look how good he's playing okay Cool. So then they better sign Brandon Williams. Did you see the good game he had last night? He should probably be the starting <laughs> hey, guard. Hey, like, hold the phone because Brandon Williams does look pretty good. Like, no, I don't know the, how but, old he is, but the but point, I feel like he, okay. Go ahead. The point is you can't get over your skis because these guys are playing so well, given the opportunity to play forty freaking minutes a night. The, the minutes and the weak competition. We are not. We're not facing good teams in general. And even those oh, weak no, teams are, are having depleted rosters. It's. It's. This is not NBA level competition that Brandon yeah. Williams is. And I'm not. Not. I'm, and, and here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, Tim. Like I'm not knocking Brandon Williams. The fact he is. He is doing great. The thing. The thing is, he's been given an opportunity to show himself and maybe have a team latch onto him, and he's playing great. It's. It's what freaking Trendon Watford did that allowed Portland to say, "Yeah, this is the guy we want." Yes. Like, thank you for bringing him up. I was about to say, can we? <laughs> talk about let's Trendin. talk about him next but my point is as i continue before we get to wofford who i love is like brandon williams playing great but if the team's fully healthy it's not like he's really pushing dame and stealing a couple minutes from him well, no he's at he's the never he's bench. never gonna see the court i mean i hate to be the guy who continues to kick the horse while he's down but i, I I would rather give Brandon Brandon Williams five minutes a night than C.J. Ellaby. There but... it is. I knew that was coming up eventually. I knew it was going to make it in here eventually. He very well 
could be the most switchable dude we've had since let's again i we brought him up earlier since wesley matthews like even wesley was mostly a guard but you could yeah. see him playing the three and because he was a two-way player he had the ability to kind of be more switchable kind of play uh, multiple roles josh hart more so than mo harkless more so than like Al Farouk was could play bigger, but he couldn't play the two guard. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's couldn't many players. The ball either. I, I, <laughs> I can't think of anyone that is more of a two way player, more versatile as far as positions on both ends of the floor, and more versatile as far as his skill set, like being able to not necessarily run an offense, but pass the ball, shoot from deep, drive into the hoop, uh, uh, get gets, get follow up buckets. The, the dude has done a lot for the Blazers so far, and I mean, Chris, you and I talked about. Again, like we said earlier, the trade value that comp- uh, did which team won, New Orleans or Blazers, getting rid of CJ versus getting rid of Josh Hart, and who's done more for the team. Josh Hart's, his estimated value, I'd say, has gone up significantly more probably than CJ's in that, it, just in the sense of like, wow, he is really looking good for us right now. So, and I'd put Hart like in the, I get what you're saying with West, but the thing, the only, the unfortunate part with West. On your theory is Wes wasn't used as your three and your four. He right. Was, he was pretty yeah. much your guard. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think. But he I could. Think, I think Hart, he, he played. He played the two and the three. Yeah. I think. I think Hart is actually very comparable in how you can use him um, to to Rodney Hood in the fact that Hood could play the two, could play the three, and if you really needed him to, because he was a tall guy, uh, you could play him at the four. That injury just really hampered your ability to, to do those things, and then it, it fizzled out. And he still found his role, but he was a very, very versatile player. Just what, just that versatility wasn't used as much as it could right. have been in that particular lineup. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't really think about very, Hood as much. very, very versatile. I didn't think about Hood as much. It is a good example, but I still would say that Hart, I think, is more so. I think he's, Oh, he's, no, no, he's no. I'm saying option. I'm just putting him in that category. Right. I never considered Wes as a guy that like could play multiple, multiple. I feel like playing the two and the three is easy, but when I can slide you one mm-hmm. through five if I really need to, that's where your versatility shines. And Hart's mm-hmm. definitely up there. I mean, you got more of that. Yeah, Evan Turner was like that, because Evan Turner, would you would see minutes of him playing center, or at least guarding centers, or guarding power forwards, and then playing point guard on the other side of the floor. Like, very versatile in where you could put him again where how he how he excelled at every position that's the thing that's the thing with Hart. before we go to the next point is rodney hood like i said the versatility wise could play those positions but he definitely if you put him like at the two and the three that's you're getting the best version of rodney that's hood. him yeah evan turner mm-hmm. could definitely play one through five but his best position was guarding whoever you needed to guard so you guard them all but running <laughs> the point and just you know controlling the ball but if you put him at the four, a point small forward. Kind of if thing. you put him at the four, like he could play it offensively, but you're not getting a, the best version of ET. As were with Josh Hart, there's not a big drop off whether you're playing him at the shooting guard, small forward, power forward, wherever you play him, he quickly adjusts to what you need him to do, and you don't see that drop off. And that's why I've loved him for many years, even before he got to Portland. It's, a, it's versatile through the roof, man. All right. I have a feeling with how much the three of us are bantering and just going off on on topics that we haven't even written down on it on That's the good. uh the doc. Oh, it's fantastic. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying this could also easily be a two to three hour pod. Uh <laughs> and uh you know it's 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 already just, late. Just guys. split it up. Just split it up. <laughs> just just, just cut it up into all the pieces. I don't know what your your opposition is to long pods. I, Some people my just opposition. need a long listen. Oh, you don't even know, man. I am the last person to post the long pods. I have literally gotten in debates on Twitter. In the last couple months, even about people saying, 
should podcasts be half an hour or less because it's easier for people to digest on a car ride? Or is it okay to have an hour pod and ask someone to pause in the middle? We're, here at Trailcasters, we give you all the content, ad-free, hour plus, every single week. I'm not saying no to that. I'm just saying, Tim, we might need you back for a round two because this is just going to keep going oh, if we don't I'm move for forward. It. I'm for it. And, <laughs> you know, I can't say that we offer ad-free, but we only have one ad and it's only about 45 seconds right in the middle of the show. But shout out to DraftKings. Hey! Shout out to DraftKings hey! and the uh, Basketball Podcast Network. Hey! Yes, sir. Um, but I have to say, just listening to you guys banter back and forth about uh, podcast analytics, if you will, <laughs> like it totally reminds me of the NBA analytics, right? It's like there's so much out there about podcasts, like like uh, what do they call it? Like listener fatigue. And oh, the way oh. I see it, the way I see it, like this isn't live TV. It's not right. live radio. You can pause it and resume later. You can even rewind 15 seconds to pick up, you know, the, the bits that you forgot that you listened to already or, you know, weren't paying attention to when you were parking your car or something. You know, like, like <laughs> if you want to do a long pod, Keith, do, do it, a baby. long pod. Hey, that's what Just I'm with you, it. man. Hey, I'm, see you again. That you, this is why we are all here hey, together because we're a family because we all we all think the same. We're a hive mind essentially, really. And then again, that's what happens when you join our Discord. If you come and join the Discord, link in the episode description, your thoughts just start to kind of they, they just congeal. They just all start to flow together. B Mac, uh, so shout out to Brand McIntyre. He's hey. probably the biggest resistor on the Discord, but I feel like the rest of you, we're we're brainwashing you there. We're getting you all to think like we think here <laughs> on Trailcasters. It's it's effective. We're we're getting there for it. But again. You know, if, if we want to have part two of this pod tomorrow, we will make this a long pod. Tonight, though, we're going to move on to some Discord questions because we got people, we got some of our Discord family that threw in these questions. I want to make sure we get to these before we go too much further. And it's kind of a nice segue here as far as what we've already been talking about with Josh Hart. And I heard, I think, Chris, you mentioned uh, Cronin. Was that, you or, was that you, Chris, or was that Tim? Who mentioned Cronin? That was Chris. Bonus points for Chris. Okay. And don't so, worry, Chris. I'm going to bring up Wofford before we end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on the next podcast, because you can't go over 45 minutes and 10 seconds. According to We're already over 45 and 10. Official Twitter Are we really? Have we been so. talking that long? Damn. Right on. Oh, so what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> We've given him a couple of shout outs already here tonight, but Brandon McIntyre, BMAC, Mac Deuce on our Discord. Come and join our Discord. Link in the episode descriptions. He asked a couple questions, and one of them was, with how good Hart has looked and, and Winslow and Keon in smaller sample sizes, does this lock in Joe Cronin as the Blazers GM for the future? Tim, we're going to you first. How secure do you think Cronin's job is right now? I think it's pretty secure, man. I think he's made some good moves. Um, look, I don't know Joni, Jody Allen. Like, personally, I, I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know, like, anything about her besides the fact that she's paul allen's sister and she's now in control of his ungodly amount of money i'll tell you something else assets she's, she's been part of smuggling dinosaur bones out of foreign countries okay we'll move on that's a whole nother pod we'll get there tomorrow Dude, i'm maybe. for it like if i could get a dinosaur bone that would be the <laughs> highlight of my life i think it was dinosaur bones it was some sort of crazy bones or something anyway like, you know how some people collect shark teeth like i want a t-rex tooth that'd be sweet anyway Put that uh, on a necklace, I, like like the old like shark tooth necklaces. Yeah, I wore that yeah. as a kid for a and long time. And your ass man. is the one worried about times. I'm not worried about <laughs> times. I think I think Cronin's job is safe. I think he's made some good moves. In the beginning, it was sketchy because nobody knew the full story. But like taking it all at at face value, like 
I think his job is totally safe. And I think that they'll probably announce maybe this offseason that he's going to be the the GM moving forward. Because I think it would be foolish not to. I think it would be a bad move by by Jody. I, I, who even makes that? Maybe, Chris, maybe Jody. you can you can tell me. Is it Jody that makes these decisions? It's probably Bert. Bert Cold, yeah. yeah. Bert Cold so, might have a little more experience with the team than Jody at this point. Might be kind of influencing what she does, but she's the one that would sign off in the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be foolish to let Cronin go. Let it play out. You know, Cronin is not Olshay. I think you let this play out at least for the next year and see what, what you got with the moves that he made. Because, in my opinion, I think he's made some great moves. He's set up the team to actually build around Dame. They still have options this coming offseason. Granted, there aren't a whole lot of amazing free agents out there, but I think he has set up the team to either make a solid move to build around Dame or, and I, I know it's your favorite thing to talk about, Keith, but, or you blow it up, you say, thank you, Dame, for everything you've done. Go get you a chip. We're going to start over. We've got this young group, like this young core that we think is going to be something special. We're going to move in that direction. We're still going to try and get as much as we can for you. But here are the teams we're thinking about. Would you want to play for any of these teams? And I, and I, I think I have to give props to Cronin for that because I think he's made some great moves. Here, here's, here's the thing with what you just said about trading Dame. I know that Keith and Blazer fan hates to hear it. Yeah, he'll take the headset off. It's fine. <laughs> I know Blazer fan hates to hear it. I know no one ever wants it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I want him to get his 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 ring here, or at least end his career here. Build build around him. Give him that chance. But if it has to come to that, if nothing else works. And the writing on the wall is the only way to do this properly is to trade Dame. At least Cronin is a guy whose pride is not going to get in the way and go, okay, mm. that's what's best for the team. I have to pull the trigger. Because if everything was pointing to we're stuck, we didn't get enough assets back uh, for in the CJ trade, we didn't get enough assets back uh, for whatever we did with Ant or what, blah, blah, blah. Nothing's working. And the only way out of NBA hell or purgatory, wherever the hell you are at that point, is trading name. Neil wasn't going to do it. Right. It just no. wasn't going to happen. So that is and where it's a good thing to have Cronin. And if he's if he's already sat here and talked with Dame and laid out a plan for the future, he's already sat down and talked with Chauncey and laid down a plan for the future. And then this is the guy who went out and traded your franchise's clear second best player blew up and traded third, like what three fifths of your starting roster in yes, some head scratching moves, but moves that started to make sense as the, like I said, in a nutshell, Powell and Rocco didn't make sense as he made the other moves. It starts to make sense. He's laid out the groundwork. Why would you not let him finish this plan when he's obviously put this plan in place with Damon Chauncey at the con at the table having a conversation and laying out the groundwork as well like it just uh, that to me would send a, a, a like like we talked about last week with how the russell wilson situation made me take pause a little bit because again jody allen is connected to both franchises if you don't if you think she miraculously runs one different than the other 
you have not paid attention. So what I said with with Jody Allen and those type that that move making me take pause, even though I had nothing to do with the Blazers. You just look at that. If Cronin has done all this work and you don't give him the GM job and let him finish it out as a fan, tell me that doesn't send the just the absolute wrong signal to you. Right. Because you're just going, what is going on? This guy was saddled with that interim tag forever. You gave him the keys. He he sat down with your franchise's uh, star. He sat down with the the coach who is likely going to be the coach for a, a few years at least and laid out the groundwork for what they wanted to do, did all the right moves, did moves that your former GM never would have done, and is even, even in the middle of what has turned into win-loss-wise, a really, really bad season, still has fans kind of involved and excited about what could come. If because they can see the bigger uh, picture, yeah. Exactly. If you, and, and that's something Portland fan honestly has not seen in a long time, <laughs> is the bigger picture. And that is, no, that, yeah. is not a no, knock you're right. on, that is not a knock on the fan. It's the fact that Neil, no. Olshay's, Neil Olshay only let you see one page of the book at a time because that's all he had planned for was that one page. He had no idea what was on the next chapter. So if you don't sign him, I'm like me personally, I'm going, what, what's going on in that front office? That just doesn't. As far as, as far as red flags go, like at that point, I'm thinking the team's getting sold. Which is not the worst thing. I mean, we just have to lose some good people along the way. And I think he's one. Yep. All right, so next question from Mac Deuce, uh, uh, from Brandon McIntyre. Mac Deuce being the Discord name, and if you're not on Discord yet, you don't know that, so come and join the Discord. The link is in our episode description. <laughs> Brian, Brandon McIntyre asking, could Dame be a Chris Paul figure on the Blazers? And let's be clear, guys, this is a three-part question. Could Dame be a Chris Paul figure on the Blazers? If so, could Simons be a booker? And if we look at the Suns' blueprint, how does that change the idea of a of the team building this offseason? Tim, I'm coming to you first. Could Dame be the Chris Paul figure on the Blazers? And let's say worth that second part in there, Simons being the booker. I think with the idea essentially being that you have your younger kind of firecracker star and more of the old veteran uh, kind of shoring up the talent instead of maybe running the offense. Does that make sense? You know, I, I felt for a long time, especially with the rosters that, Olshay has put around Dame that if Dame were to win a championship in Portland, it's not, there's a real chance that it may not be when he's the number one option. Mm. Um, I think it's possibly even, he may even be coming off the bench. Uh, if he ever was able to come off the bench, that Uh, that, that one's far, man, that's, that's a, that's a drop. I mean, but this is, I mean, this is years in the future, Kiki. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm thinking <laughs> great way to shut down I, me contesting I, it. Great way to shut down me arguing anything is just throwing that in there. I'm just going to have to laugh every time like drop off camera. <laughs> but no, I mean, when you really think about it, like think about the rosters that he's had to play with. He hasn't ever had any help outside of CJ McCollum. And even then, like the skill set was so, uh, uh, it was so similar that there, he was never going to get there. And so, like I said, I've thought for a long time that if Dame weren't the number one option, that's when he's going to have his best chance to succeed because he can mentor the young guys, a.k.a. Penny Simons, to to run the offense, you know, to hit those clutch shots, to do, to do what Penny Simons is going to do. But then at that point, you're also not, hopefully, not paying Dame as much as you are right now. Mm, right? The Dirk and Nowitzki you have, contract. And you have the flexibility 
to go out there and bring in those other uh, free agents or make those trades for the you know the higher caliber players. And you know, as far as Simons being the Devin Booker, I mean, I guess I, I want a little more specificity with that. But um, yes, I think he can be the star of this team. Uh, especially with Dame mentoring him and the mentoring he got from CJ. Um, I don't, it's hard for me to compare the two because they're, to me, they're just two totally different players. I think their play style is completely different. Um, is it though? Like, let's just, oh. just dive in on this for a second. Like, I'm, I'm not saying they're the same player. I'm not saying they're super similar, but these two are both just, just lights out shooters that can create their own shot. They they got they've got some point guard abilities, but we haven't seen either of them really. I, again, like Booker having Chris Paul, Simon's having Dame. Sure. They're not going to be the primary creator. They're going to be more the guy that 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 gets buckets. But see, I, but I I think I think Penny needs to be the primary creator. Okay. I think okay. I think that's. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm, Dame off I'm, the bench. I'm like we're going we're going Dame in a yeah, real well, reserve, like just spreading yeah. the floor kind of role. Like I'm, I'm contradicting everything that I've said for the past two seasons, <laughs> or however long Simons has been in the league. Um, three seasons. Was three. this his third? He's, so, a, he's had three, yeah. The whole this whole time we've been seeing him, I'm like, there's no way he's not a natural point guard. But honestly, the way that we've seen him develop this season, he is a point guard. He is 100% a point guard. You know, I, I think. I think as far as him being a star of the team, yes, he can be that Devin Booker. But to compare the two, I think they're they're different. They're just different players, and I don't think you can compare them. I think you can say that they're both um, amazing and going to be amazing talents. Um, and then what was that third part to that question? The third part for, uh, was comparing uh, them to the Suns. So we talked about Dame being Chris Paul, Simons being Booker. Uh, and then if we look at the Suns' blueprint, how does that change the idea of so, team building yeah. this offseason? So so the blueprint of the Suns is different than the Blazers. And I'll give you the one big reason I say that is the big man down low. The Bosnian Beast is not an athletic center. And I think especially the way that Dame plays and the way, I mean, you go back to the way that Olshay wanted to play and, you know, possibly the way that... that um, um, Cronin and Billups want to play like this league is kind of a run and gun league right now. Mm. And in order to play that style, you have to have that athletic big, you have to have the Nerlens Noels, you have to have the Mo Bambas, the Deandre Aytons. Like you, you have to have those guys, the Drew Eubanks. Okay. never mind. Too soon. Too no. soon. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, like that's not the, the prototype that, um, Yusuf Nurkic is is built after. He is a big lumbering big man and he is never going to be the same player that the Joker is. And I think once you come to terms with that, you can build the team differently around and who knows, maybe the Blazers could usher in a new era of the big men. Yeah, I could like Nurk just kind of maybe helping to go back to having a true big, a true big yeah. center in there not just the athletic uh kind of the, the lankier 7-footer. Yeah. I think it's an interesting comparison. I just can't see it because I think um, that backcourt in general is just too different. And I get where the question's coming from, but uh, Dame is not Chris Paul. Chris Paul mm. is not Dame. Chris Paul is like 
really, no. really ridiculously good. Yeah, Damien. Well, Lord, well I mean, no, Dame no, is no, also no, really no. ridiculously good. No, but not in no, the same no, way. They're, Chris they're is. in two different categories, though. Here's the thing: Damien Lillard is an assassin, dude. You just can't Chris cross a lot. Paul is just a cerebral basketball player. Yeah, and he yeah, does things very, very well. Like, like Damien Lillard is an elite shooter, an elite scorer. But he can't toss a lob. Okay. I've ended the Damian Lillard thing there. Okay. Chris hold Paul. on. Hold on. What? You said he can't toss the lob. I don't think he's been given the green light to toss I the do. lob. I... Because he doesn't have, he never had the people to toss the lob to. You're going to throw it to Al Farouk Aminu? <laughs> well, okay. You're so, I throw mean, it to Mo Harkless? That's a whole, a whole other chicken or the uh, chicken or the egg Seth debate. Curry. Man. He doesn't even have a dunk on his record. Come on! We, come we on, had Derrick Jones Jr. here, and, and how many lobs got tossed to Derrick okay. Jones Jr.? It was like Don't half get me as many. On that. Don't get me started <laughs> on that. We had like three weeks straight when we were pumping out two to three episodes a week where we talked about why in the hell aren't they lobbing it to Derrick Jones Jr.? The numbers were ridiculous. It, like, nobody it just does, doesn't so. happen here. Actually, I mean, that's not a, it's, it, it, Tim's not wrong. It's a byproduct, not necessarily of Dame's passing still or cj's because he's had some pretty nice lob passes in new orleans already <laughs> yeah it was a byproduct of the terry stott system uh yeah not, not in a bad way it just wasn't part of the of the offensive system but back to what i was saying here is damian lillard is 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 in a elite elite score he is a below average to average defensive guard um and passing wise i would say slightly above average not an elite passer by any means but he's not bad chris paul is an elite passer he is a very good defensive point guard even at his his older age uh, which sucks that i have to continue to refer to people in their mid to late 30s as old as i get closer to you know <laughs> 35 oh, anyway um but he's so like he's he's been so good for so long at so many things like he's the thing is he's not damian lillard and then devin booker uh Tim hit the nail on the head. Like I have been long on the debate and Keith can back this up that Ant is a one, not a two. Ant has even said before that he prefers playing point guard to shooting guard. And it's, he's showing it in play in the way he's playing right now. And while he's, he is showing the ability to be a very good scorer down the road, uh, Devin Booker, it might just be the best two guard in basketball right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hefty comparison to lopped on on Ant right now. So that's why I just can't see it. Uh, and then how how the team is constructed. <clears throat> that's why it's going to be very interesting with what Cronin does here. Because to your point, Tim, one of the favorite articles I wrote for NBC towards the end of the our run there was the fact that historically in the NBA, teams whose best player is a point guard do not win the championship. And when they do, their rosters are very, very specifically built. Like, yeah. I, I, I know they all play differently, but if you go through like the last three teams, really, who won with a point guard as their best player, it's, it's the Golden State Warriors and the Pistons with Chauncey Billups and the Pistons with Isaiah Thomas. The common denominator between those three teams outside of having a point guard be their best player is they were all built to also be absolutely elite defensive defensive teams, teams. yeah okay? totally and it does i mean golden state is a weird one because they also had at the time the, probably the best you know two-way shooting guard in the game and draymond green 
again, I'm being vindicated here because I got told how stupid I was by Brian No, friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Brian. A years ago in the office when I said, I get Steph Curry is great, but Draymond Green is the cog that makes the Warriors go. They are not the same team without Draymond Green. He proceeded to tell me how stupid of an assessment that was. And the performance of the Warriors over the last few weeks with Draymond out versus him, him in make me feel very, very uh, vindicated for what is obviously the right take. But again, Draymond Green, when, during their run, was probably the best defender in the NBA and still is one of the 100%, top. 100%, yes. Okay, so, so they had a very specific build of that roster. The, the team with uh, Chauncey Billups, again, they had, a, they had reliable scoring in Rip Hamilton, also a good defender. They had Tayshaun Prince as a young guy who just burst on the scene. And, and Say all, my favorite guy. Say my favorite guy. Come on. Ben Wallace or Rasheed no. Wallace? Oh, yes. there, we <laughs> there we go. There you go. Another Wallace. And Rasheed Wallace is, I get you, because he's my favorite basketball player of all time. Um, Oof. But again... Rashid is another one who's Mount really, Rushmore. really weird because he could have gone down in the history books as one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. But he just he was very much more comfortable with just playing his role and did it like just go like playing a little bit of basketball. Like if he he could have been super duper elite, like it's crazy. But again, good defender, good, like good on both ends of the court. Very specific build. And I don't even need to say anything because when you're about the other Detroit team, because when your defense is nicknamed the bad boys, uh, <laughs> it speaks for itself. You know what you're getting there. So the point <laughs> is what Tim said is 100% spot on. If to win with Damian Lillard as your best player, then Cronin has to build an elite defensive team. Otherwise, if Dame's your number two, that's not bad because that means you've put you you maybe you didn't build elite defense, but you built a different variation of a team around him that can win with him as their number two. It's just just his, go through history. It just does not happen. Okay, but so I mean, again, if we're bringing this back to Bmax question here, could that number one be Simons? Like, if Dame's gonna be the number two, could like because we're still putting that in the guards. We're still talking about then your some form of point guard, shooting no, guard being your top option. No, it cannot be because again, with my research that I did on that article, whenever there was a guy who was a number one who was a guard, quite uh, quite often the number two was an absolute elite small forward or a big. It was never the one-two punch being shooting guard, two and guards, a and yeah. a point guard. I mean, you look at the Bulls. Dude. Lakers. Look at the Lakers. Right? Kobe Shaq. Right? Gar Shaq was arguably the best player on those right. teams. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Guard it. But, but I'm telling you, guard and a big man. Okay? You look at the Bulls. I mean, you have you have Michael and Pippen. That's a guard and an elite wing. You con continue to go down the lines. I mean, you look at what Dallas did. They had a, a weird roster to win a championship, but their best player was a big man a power forward i mean so when look at milwaukee yeah exactly exactly so you there's just historically not a lot of teams that have done it with one two being their just their best guys you have you have to have your gravity elsewhere keith so to answer the question no i do not think it can be done with ant as your number one and dame as your number two here's my time to shine real quick with with uh what i was gonna bring up you mentioned draymond green and i gotta say the last three games, you know who reminds me a little bit of Draymond Green, just maybe a little less athletic? Trendon Wofford. <laughs> oh, okay. See, Trendon oh. Wofford 
is the is a guy. See, I'm bringing it full circle here, Keith. Could we uh, talk? Yeah, I'm hijacking your show. <laughs> so Trendon Wofford, he's 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 proven. Well, okay, let me back up. I don't want to say he's proven, but he proven. has shown that he can put up some big numbers when called upon. Granted, he's not necessarily going up going up against elite players, but I mean, he was up uh, last night. Uh, what's his face? Dude used to play. He got his big money with the Rockets, right? Um, help me out here, somebody. Uh, Capella from the from the Capella. Yeah. Thank you. So I mean, he was playing against Capella, and he did. I mean, he had a monster game. Um, to me, and and I want to know what you guys think. Again, I know I'm hijacking your show, but it's high praise for me to say that Trenton Watford reminds me of Draymond Green, but. The way that he handles, I'm going to tell you why. The way he handles the ball, if he can develop his three-pointer his three, his three pointer a little bit more, and the way that he's just like like what you had said about Chris Paul, he's cerebral. Like he, He's so smart when he's on the court. Does he not remind you in flashes here and there of Draymond Green? So I, I, I feel like what has been the big contention point for this because we've discussed this i think for like the, the, uh, at least we discussed this last week on the show and i think we even discussed uh justice winslow in the draymond green comparison as well i think <laughs> i like trenton wofford as a better comparison like if we're actually trying to do this because of what you're saying high iq he 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 may not be draymond green as far as elite defense he may not be draymond green on any of the any yeah. level of draymond green but the format there, as far as the prototype, the idea of being a high IQ player who can do these different things, uh, who you know is is versatile in that same way, uh, is, is that tweener who's maybe even hard to define his role, so that maybe helps him kind of fit in this way where, you know, it just, it just teams don't quite know how to prepare for him the same way. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like the idea, but just how you started this, Tim, it's so small sample size right now. It, it's it it's is. like it's like seeing a dude coming. It's like saying, oh, Brandon Williams, he could be Kobe. That would be an absurd comparison. Well, that would be, be like, ridiculous. ridiculous because, because I don't think put, it's I don't think I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying I think a lot of people have a problem with when you compare a young player, someone who's developing and is still kind of a very raw project, to someone who's like an elite level talent. Because it's just saying, yeah, sure, the prototype fits. I don't know if we're ever gonna see Trent Watford at Draymond's level in any of the skills okay. though. Yes. And I and I'm not saying that. I, uh, yes, I think you're wrapping it up nicely with a with a pretty bow there. But I also think that um, the reason I bring it up is because I've said since Trendon started getting minutes that one, I started off this guy is awful. Why is he playing over Greg Brown? <laughs> yep. uh, then I changed my mind after he started getting a few more minutes, and I was thinking, okay, this guy he'll be like the ninth or tenth guy on the roster for sure. To now. I think he has a legitimate chance at being like that seventh or eighth guy. Am I crazy? He's moving up. He's moving up the list for sure. Uh, I don't, I mean, there's so much left to be decided on what this roster looks like for next season. Yeah. That's the hard uh, part. That, that again, there's just too many unanswered. The thing is, unanswered. We're, we're also only... a guy that, that you're talking about, you know, versatility with Josh Hart. Right. Mm -hmm. When you look at Watford, the guy can play the four or the five and play it pretty well. I mean, last night he had four blocks, nine mm -hmm. rebounds, 22 points. I mean, that's that's amazing. Um, I, I don't even think he, it's unheard of 
to see him pull a few minutes at the three in tough stretches. I'm not going to fully agree just because I can't deviate from things I've said in the past. And one thing I said (laughs) is I think that Portland has already has tried this before and they're not going to give up on it yet. Nasir was drafted to be their Draymond type, and I've seen flashes of it Mm -hmm. in him as well. Nobody saw this out of Draymond Green. He was a second round pick that they're Mm. like, sweet, where's he fit in, right? And as he started to excel, when people were starting to say, oh, can this guy be the defensive anchor of the Warriors? It was the same thing. Like, well, it's really hard to say he's going to be, you know, as good defensively as Kevin Garnett was for those Boston Celtics teams. Like, that's a lot of praise to put on this guy. So I think I think there's a fun connection that Tim's making here, because not only does he has he shown those skills and I completely agree there. And again, there's no problem having two of those types. but he kind of has that same path, the, the you know, second round pick, but uh, Watford going undrafted and kind of being slept on. And now here he is, be, you know, being a key to the Blazers, you know, infused play, even though they're losing, they're playing a fun brand of basketball that I think fans are getting behind. So uh, the long run, uh, maybe I think I, I would be a great story. It'd be an absolute great story. Regardless, though, back to what we talked about a second ago about how you need specific team builds. Like, if you get a Watford and you get a little, again, guys who can guard multiple positions can play these positions very, very well. That's a thing, that's a thing with, uh, with, with Watford. Let's, let's go back to Ennis Cantor for a second. I know it's a weird thing to say when I'm talking about Watford. But Ennis Cantor, <laughs> Ennis Cantor was your backup center who you would be screwed if you put him on the floor with Nurk because there's no way he could play the, five, or play the four. Okay. Right. Nurk as well. Like if you go too big man, like he just doesn't have the lateral quickness to play for Watford. Doesn't again. Spacing. And so if you put, if you put Cantor at the four versus the five, there is a drastic drop off in what you're getting from him. There's not a drop off from Watford. If you're going to play him at center or power forward, there's not mm. a dramatic drop off for Nersir. If you're going to play him at small forward versus power forward, mm-hmm. There's not a dramatic drop-off from Draymond Green, whether you decide to play him at the three, the four, or the five, which he's played all of them for the Golden State Warriors. And so you're starting to get those players that can play multiple positions. I said this a couple of weeks ago to Keith, and like that's why I personally think that Drew Eubanks has a spot uh, next year oh, as well, yeah. because yeah. Drew Eubanks can play power forward for this team. Like they got, they He's got Zach. Zach Collins, they man. got Zach Collins light. I still think Zach yeah. Collins can be very good if he gets the injuries taken if care of. If he stays healthy, he was my favorite big, favorite big man on the roster. And having yes. been at practices and shootarounds and watching him play, I tell you, Blazer fans did not get to see enough of it in action. He moved better defensively than any big man on that roster. His ability to leave leave the paint, close out on the three, is phenomenal. And the dude has a motor. I love Zach Collins. But again, Drew Eubanks is that type. Like I don't think he's as skilled as Zach Collins, but you can play him at multiple positions and not see a dramatic drop-off. So you're, you're starting to see what Cronin is thinking, right? I want guys mm-hmm. who can play multiple positions and not see a dramatic drop-off, which is weird because your number one player is basically a point guard and you're very rarely putting him in at, at, at the two but you play him see, off ball more yeah, but so you saw early in the season chauncey did try to run a lot of plays with him off ball which i love because it was good that is people don't understand it but that is where seth curry has got so many of his his yeah. points and his open shots is playing off ball 
by, if you want to talk full circle, by having a guy as skilled like Draymond Green running the point for a moment so that he can get off the ball. You're starting and to I, see and I, wait, wait, real quick, down. real quick. Did you, did you say Seth Curry or Steph Curry? Ste- I'm, Steph, I, I'm sorry. It makes sense Steph. either way. But yeah, the, the point being as far as the Warriors comparison, yeah, like a lot of what makes Steph so special is how he can do just as well playing off ball as when he's got the ball in his hands. He's probably sorry, Tim, better off well. ball. It's phenomenal how good he is as a pick dodger and getting people free. Anyway. He moves better than we've ever seen Dame move is another factor of it. But again, now that Dame is finally getting this ab surgery, maybe we're going to see a bit of a change. It could be much more loose and, and mobile Dame next year than we've seen before. Maybe we see more of that off-ball since, like you said, Billups already tried to get there. Well, what I was going to say uh, to Chris's point is that, you know, Dame is, Dame is not a point guard. He plays point guard. But he's a com- he's a combo guard. I'm laughing mm. because and, and I've said that I don't know if I've said it on the pod, but I've said it to you so have. many people before that <laughs> Damian Lillard is a shooting guard trapped in a point guard's body. <laughs> oh, he totally is. But but that's that's also the state of the NBA. Yeah. Right. The mo- most of your point guards are combo guards. You know, they just happen to play the point guard. You know, I know we're not doing video, but I'm putting the quotations up here. They play the point guard position, mm-hmm. but really like. Outside of maybe three or four guards, they're all combo guards. Mm-hmm. Every last yeah. one of them. And I think, you know, when you when you talk about Anthony Penny, I, I, I say Anthony, I'm sorry, Keith. I'm 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 really trying. Don't worry, I'll, I'll that, cut it out. I'll I'll clean it all and, up. It'll just be penny every time. <laughs> and and I know I know that nicknames are supposed to roll off the tongue and it's getting there. Yes. It's getting. I'm it's, trying. It's building. It's anyway, growing. Anthony to me is more of a point guard than Dame is, or ever will be, because Dame, like you said, Chris, is a straight assassin. And I feel like to me, maybe it's because I grew up with an older uh, era of basketball. Like that's what you want in a shooting guard is a straight assassin. So, dude. So that's all I was gonna want, add. You want you want mama mentality, right? It was a thing. Yeah. Like exactly. <laughs> So and and that's what Dame has. So that's all I wanted to add. But it it is funny how the league has gone from a spot where tweeners and all those kind of the combo guard, like you mentioned, was looked down on so much. It's like, oh, we can't clearly define what this player is. Blah blah blah. And now we are in this era where the tweeners, the guys who can play multiple positions on both ends, the guys who uh, it's it's so much more of a valuable uh, asset to have just because of the way you know uh, it's 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 just the. The response, like offense evolves, then the I defense mean, evolves, and the offense evolves further, et cetera, et cetera. To me, where that started, I mean, uh, I can't remember who you said um, asked that Discord question about the Suns, but I Brandon think McIntyre, that's where it's, out. Hey! I think that's where it started, honestly. Back back in the Steve Nash the Steve days, Na- yeah, I mean, yeah. they had they had um, what's his face that blew out his ACL and came back and still dominated. Amari, uh, Amari, yeah, yeah, Amari Stoudemire. Like he was another guy that could play the four or the five. Shoot, you can even throw him in at the three. Like they just had a team that it was a run and gun style offense, and I think that's what you get with small ball, and that's that's kind of the the direction that the the league is has been in for quite some time, and I think. You know, really, Golden State just took it to the next level. Just evolved it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I gotta tell you guys, I, I already said it, but I, I come from a different era of basketball. I think you guys both watched it the same time I did. But like, I am so, I will be so pumped when the big men come back to prominence. It'll get there. It's, it's all, it's all circular, circular, cyclical, cyclical. Thank you. There's a word in there somewhere that I was looking for. You're welcome. This doesn't have to be part of the pod. You can cut it out. But I actually, 
keep it if you want. I don't care. But yeah, I actually right think it's well. interesting you say that because I think I think you could have been on the verge of the big man becoming a, a more focal dominant force in the paint again had Demarcus Cousins stayed with the Kings and not blew out his knee because and, and he made was the Kings good again. He yes. was an absolute yeah. dominant force in the Dude. paint. He could hit threes mm-hmm. and he could hit the mid range, but he was just unstoppable in the paint and forced teams to adjust in a way that they weren't used to with everyone mm-hmm. trying to spread the floor. Had that not happened, I think you could have seen a, seen a drastic change a little bit earlier. And then you get players like but, Jokic, who is see, who does so much that makes people go, "Well, we need our we need our centers to to really shoot the threes and do." Which is so weird because watch what Joel Embiid does and he just fucking dominates in the paint and he's their best player like yeah i think there's a good spot for an old old old-fashioned center just go ham okay my friends joel Embiid is the biggest i'm sorry keith you're wrapping up but joel Embiid. (laughs) one last thing joel Embiid is is the epitome of the old school big man whereas what you were saying about demarcus cousins i actually feel like demarcus cousins would have evolved that position even further because DeMarcus Cousins not only dominated in the paint, but you took him out to 12 feet, he still dominated. Mm-hmm. You took him out beyond the arc, he still dominated. And he was an elite defender. He could do everything, yep. basically. Like, he was... To say that the big men... I initially agreed with you. To say that the, the big men would have... Uh, I forget exactly what you said. I've, I've had too much whiskey. <laughs> I, just think, I just think that the fact that he was so dominant in the paint, I think you... You would have realized that is more of a of a productive skill set. Think about it with Yusuf Nurkic uh, before they you know sat him for the rest of the year. Chauncey was trying to make a concerted effort to get him involved back to the basket, old school style. True. And a lot of fans are talking like, "That's kind of weird." Like it felt weird to watch. Like what? <laughs> what a center like backing backing down. Like I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge. Think about it. like that's an old school style play that he was so good at. So. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I think I think I think the proper term is is Demarcus Cousins would have evolved it to where a center wouldn't have to be. The, too many centers are trying to force the three point shot or make it the biggest part of their arsenal, as where Cousins would have evolved it to. We're still gonna kill people in the paint, but mm-hmm. we're gonna kill them outside too. They're we're just gonna right. kill them everywhere. He's definitely one of those rare players that would have completely changed the game. Just keep talking. Just. No, 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 anyway, for real, no, so guys. What I want to know is, yeah, so, so, Chris, no, for real. I have to go make dinner, so we have got to, we got to cut this off. Uh, I, you can just, just come to back. Tease this, we'll just keep talking. To tease this for next time, I would say that Boogie is almost Sheed in a bigger body. I, I, like we were talking about Sheed earlier and what he did as far as on the court. I, Chris doesn't like that comparison. That's fine. We can get more into that next time. We have one more question to get he's, here today. We're he approaching would not two let hours. Us retort. He's son of a. No, we're cutting it off. We're cutting <laughs> off. Look, I'm just gonna cut it out anyway because we gotta roll on. This is obviously round one of many that we're gonna have going here because this is just great fun. We uh, really fun rambling time going through all this, and I think we could dive in deep on so many of these topics. So, listeners, give us more ammo next time. Give us some more of these uh, great throwbacks to Boogie, to Sheed, to other players. Chris and Tim can go off. I'll go, you know, cook, cook make some more bread next episode that, that Tim comes on uh, and just give these guys plenty of time to run. Final question for tonight, though, coming from another, another one of our Discord users, Dylan McKinnon says, if you added Blevins to a 14th seed, do they win a game in March Madness? Short answer, no. Long answer, no freaking way. <laughs> You, you say long answer, like, nope, no time for that one. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you, 
Yeah, I, I, I like the idea. I like the idea of, of Blevins making a difference. I'm not sure if he's look, at that level, which, again, I don't know why he's on this roster. Yeah, look, <laughs> Kelgen, Kelgen Blevins, um, as far as his college career goes, his last season at Montana State, he averaged 11.8 points, six rebounds. The problem is he shot 28% from three and 62% from the free throw line. I don't like it. I don't think I don't think and that's playing 28 minutes a game. That's pre-NBA experience. Adds, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that adds anything to your roster. Oh, I, I think is Chris protesting here because I cut him off on the other question. Yep. You're getting We're the silent treatment, man. You're getting the silent treatment. <laughs> hey, look, if you guys want to if you want to discuss I'll, more I'll about Boogie, question. I'll go Watch make this. some burgers. You guys can just like go go 20 minutes on Boogie and his impact <laughs> and what he could have done for the future of the NBA. I'm, I'm I'll put that in, man. I won't cut a bit of it. Oh, Chris just dropped. Oh, out he's gone. Family. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, Chris is launching his protest. I can't tell if he's actually gone. I don't see him at all anymore in this. He's there. He's there. He's there. There. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. Anything to add on the uh, on the Blevins Blevins in March Madness? I don't feel like I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is being censored. Chris been. <laughs> censored from the pod look man we've had an awesome conversation we've been talking we're we're, we're approaching the two hour mark right now uh and i am Dang, man. surely very excited i can assure you i'm very excited to to edit all this together it's it's gonna be a breeze join us next time on the Trailcasters. <laughs> are you doing the outro you want to do the outro for us this, this week no because i don't remember <laughs> your outro man all right well here it is for you in closing your honorable listeners that's it that's our show Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Tim Michael Johnson from Busted Bucket. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beasts. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening, as always, all two hours of it. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Please, thank you again, and come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcaster. Keith, I know this is still recording. I know you're probably not listening.